We've had we've had guys come to yeshiva. We've had guys come to yeshiva from different experiences, and you can. They say, they'll call you and they'll say rabbi, the word rabbi. And the football, the only football, the football muscle I would use, if anybody here has ever seen a good stiff arm, David, you know, the running back's running and a guy comes to tackle and the running back gives a good stiff arm and pushes away, the terminology, the way this particular person, I'm thinking of a specific case, used to say rabbi, it was like rabbi, and it was like a very big push away, you're a rabbi and I am not. That's, that's the sense of, doesn't mean everybody who says the word rabbi. When he said rabbi, it was the classification, and in secular schools, it's very set up, if you know anything about secular schools, we're the teacher, you're the student. There's a big emphasis, teacher, student, teacher, student, and a very big separation. Understand that, youngster. And a creation of a separation, you're a student, youngster. You're very different than me. The Mishnah in Avais describes that a Rebbe it says the covet of a student like his own covet. The Mepharshim explained it doesn't mean like his own honor. It means like a peer. You should honor your students like a peer. Now, Abbas is not a, it's not, honoring a student like a peer is not a super, honor, we've discussed many times, is not a superficial give covet. Like, honor is how you think and how you feel. Honor, Iker Kavod is b'machshava. We've said the Chayada many times. So it's how I truly feel. And it says that a Rebbe should honor his students like a peer means not what you give him. Give him honor like a peer. It means Rabbi Rus sees a Bachran. In this equation is the main thing to me whether, whether I hire a Rebbe or not. Rabbi Rus sees a guy and he's intimidated. He honors him like a peer. There's no sense of young man. There's no sense of that. Now, it's not that they're equals. The Bachar turns such a person into his Rebbe. Asay l'charav. It doesn't say make for yourself Talmidim. It says make for yourself a Rebbe. When, it, when this Bachar came to Yeshiva, was calling me Rabbi, and I felt his stiff arm, he was responding to secular schools, which teach young man, kid, you're the student, like a deep, deep, profound separation. The world of Tyre and the world of yeshivas is a world of profound respect. It's a world of dignity. Profound respect. The Rambam says, a Rebbe is mechoyev to be mechabed is talmidim. The Rambam says, a Rebbe is mechoyev. It's Rambam hilchas talmud Torah perakei alach yagimel. The Rambam says, a Rebbe is mechoyev to be mechabed is talmud. Mechabed, he says to love the Talmud as well, but he says to respect. Respect is not what you show him, it's b'machshava. A Rebbe's mechoyev to hold of the Talmud. Rev Hirsch calls this the bedrock of education. Education is built on this. Any chinuch, you only start being mechanich anybody after you're dazzled by them. Till you hold of and impressed. Rev Hirsch writes this, he calls this the bedrock of education. There's a tremendous, tremendous magic, and it's like the opposite of the word rabbi is Rebbe. Rebbe is like holy to the point a guy in yeshiva asked me, a guy who graduated here, asked me that he doesn't like calling people Rebbe, that he doesn't feel like Rebbe. 
and he said he goes to Eretz Yisrael, he's visiting the yeshiva, he said, do I have to say, you know, the style is to say, does Rebbe want, you're not my Rebbe, Rebbe's magical. So he, he's saying, uh, maybe you should say, does the Rav, does the Rav call the person a Rav, you're a Rav, does the Rav want, he didn't want to say the word, does Rebbe want, it was so prepped, because the word Rebbe's magical. Now, another guy will say Rebbe to, to anybody because, because they're respecting and they know what Rebbe means and they're using the term, you're somebody else's Rebbe, so you say Rebbe. The word Rebbe is a very, very magical word to say, does Rebbe want, it's a magical word, it's Harav Shali. That's personal, that's connection, that's relationship, we're close. Rebbe is a very, very magical word that... I, I brought my kids to this yeshiva. All my four oldest boys all learned in Durham, Connecticut. And I brought them here. I'm very into, I don't, I try in my life not to have five reasons why I do something. It's very dangerous. You know, your chavrus is not there and you miss Sadie. First of all, my chavrus is not there. I'm also not feeling so well. And anyway, the Rebbe's not going by. Three bad reasons, why don't you go to Seder? You didn't have any good reason not to come. You should go, come to Seder. Be very careful in your life piling up reasons. It's a dangerous thing to do. Come up with one reason. I sent my kids here for one reason. I didn't have five reasons, ten. I wanted them to have a Rebbe. I wanted the word Rebbe, and I'm extremely concerned in the world. I don't know what's happening. If there's a revolution, I speak about a person knowing his own story, being in touch, relationship. All that means Rebbe, I say l'charav. Make yourself a Rav, which the translation is now Rebbe. I made myself a Rav, Rebbe. Rebbe is a magical word of somebody you're honest with, which means you're honest with yourself and you connect to somebody and learn and study and pick up a Messiah of Tyre. It's a very magical Messiah. I think there's a tremendous danger out there of people not having Rebbeim. A guy will go to a yeshiva as a name. Like, who's the Rebbe here? There are hundreds of the best B'nai Tyre. Who's the Rebbe? Oh, we don't have, we don't do that. That to me is very, it's, it's, it's against the Messiah of Klal Yisrael. It's a Panim Chadashis that's remarkably dangerous, remarkably. And to me, my, I brought my children to learn Tyre here. They would have a Rebbe. And they have a Rebbe here. And then go there to Israel and get a Rebbe there. Where you are. I don't want you to hear a long distance Rebbe. I don't want to hear a Rebbe that's dead. A live Rebbe where you are. Somebody you could say Rebbe. And I brought my kids here. They have Rebbeim and that magical word called Rebbe. We were Zeichel last week. Somebody came to speak in Yeshiva. was my children's Rebbe. That's the, the gratitude my wife and I have to this city. It's the Rebbe of my children. And my children learned Tyre and a whole new worldview and changed their lives and mine and my wife's lives. From their lives changing, changed our lives. There's a magic to the word Rebbe. So I want to describe this chos. There's somebody probably from the first ones who learned in this yeshiva who became a Talmud of Rai Glazer who said the magic word till today. I spoke to him. It happens to be last week. There's somebody, Mo Lazerson, a very special guy who learned in Rev Center's yeshiva, then came here, was a dorm counselor, made a massive impact, learned in Kyle in Arbe Smedrish, and today is involved in running a school in Florida. And he says the magical words on Reb Glazer, Rebbe. 
but real. But I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about a pretend saying the word Rebbe. The Rebbe that you and I know what it means, Rebbe. The, the connection, the, the real and authentic connection, the picking up a Messiah of Torah, a way of life, an understanding of life. And Mo Lazerson was the first guy in this yeshiva that I remember. There could be there were others. I don't want to rank the first. But he's somebody that's sticking in my mind who was Zaycha to be a Talmud of Reb Lazer. Since then, Baruch Hashem, many guys here have come from our base medrash and gone on to learn in Rev Center's yeshiva and gone on specifically to be Talmidim of, of Rabbi Glazer. In general, it's, I love when guys come back, even Ben Azmanim, sometimes we're Zaycha for stretches. Elio Pearl is learning here. We have the Chas and David Schiller is sitting and learning here. And many, many Arya Kona is sitting and learning here. Many, many Bnei Taira have gone. What? Shlomo Deitch. Shlomo Deitch. Shlomo Deitch went to Rebsenka's yeshiva and picked up, and picked up, and picked up something very, very profound, tapped into something, and then brings it back. And I want to express, I want to express one specific thing that dazzles me about the yeshiva. Reb Glazer's involved in giving this, Rice Center has created a place and never, never underestimate this. Never, never underestimate this. And this is one of the things that tempts me. There are guys this year, a group of guys, that Be'ez HaShem will go to Rav Center's yeshiva. A group of guys went last year. And one Nikuda that tempts me a lot, and is, is, is to, it's a very pneumistic thing. It's a very pneumistic thing, and the world's very big, the word identity and who I am today is a very, very big topic. And there's a, we know it, very shallow people make fun, gender identity, they don't know who they are. Understand Hashem made a world, and if people are struggling, don't laugh at anybody. And there's a world, there's a struggle of gender identity is a, to, to mock or to be a guy who from a place of distance to make fun is childish. You, you, you end up being childish. People are struggling with something, understand something. And we live in an age where the question of who I am is very pronounced, is an amazing force. There's a kayak to that. The fact that people are asking questions, what makes me this? Who decides what I am? Do you know people are clearing with God and they're like touching? It's a generation that's very pneumistic. It's Ikvas of the Meshecha. It's the generation. It says that the, the, the generation, the footsteps of Mashiach, is, is going to be a proliferation of chutzpah, of audacity. Why is that the footsteps of the Messiah? Ikvus and Mashiach doesn't mean that it's the, that's a, a schmeck. It's a little bit. It's the first rays of Mashiach. Why is chutzpah? The audacity is there was, and it's, it's, the Gemara is like a prop. It's not, the Gemara is spot on to what's happening today. It's a prophecy, a fulfilled prophecy. It says the generation of Mashiach chutzpah is going to come. The chutzpah comes, there were whole generations people did as they were told. Chutzpah is, prove it to me, I need to understand it. Because I said so. And there's going to be a generation, I don't want to hear because I said so, I want to understand it, I want to connect to it. It's the rays of Mashiach, because Mashiach is going to be a time of daya, of clarity, 
and people are going to want to understand, prove it, show it. I need to understand it. And you have a generation challenging the most fundamental. Who am I? Prove it. Say it. Can I challenge that? Tremendous chutzpah. It's the footsteps of Mashiach, a generation that wants to connect very deeply to truths, that wants to understand, that wants to know why and who said and what said. And Because Hashem made you that way. And what does that mean? They want to understand it. All the different parts of ourselves, they're getting in touch. We all have in ourselves, we have the male parts and female parts. These are all in Svarim. Svarim speak about the generation of Mashiach, how it's going to come out. And people are asking deep questions. Identity is a huge, huge thing to decide who am I? I want all my kids to feel like B'nai Torah. They bleed. You, you cut open my son, he'll bleed Torah. That it's, he loved, he's Torah. That's what he is, identity. Identity, that's who I am. That's what I'm about. It's part of what I am. And I want to say about the yeshiva, and it, it uses all different tools. What I like about Rav Center's yeshiva is it produces people who are very clearly, I'm a Ben Torah. That's a very clear thing. And whatever technique is used to get to that place, anybody who knows Shlomo Deitch, he is a talented, creative, brilliant guy. He's a Ben Torah. That, that part, that part, that a guy walks out of a yeshiva identity is a very pneumistic thing. Is a deeply, deeply pneumistic thing. I don't want a guy that is a free agent. Who am I? And it's possible. It takes work. It takes work. They're sensitive and there's work. Chitzoniistic work. Dressing could help. Chitzonius as well as other aspects. But the sense of Amabentaira that emerges is constant in the Talmudim of the yeshiva, of Center's yeshiva. I'm a Ben Tern. I've seen this. I've seen this to the point, sending a guy that you know, this, the product will have a sense. I'm a Ben Tyra. I'm a Ben Tyra. That is a tremendous appreciation that many guys have come from this base Madrash and tapped into in Rev Center's yeshiva, amongst other things, amongst other tremendous milas of the yeshiva. But the identity, I'm a Ben Tyra, that that's... That's set in stone for life. That's who I am. That's a very, very pneumistic thing and a very important madrega that many guys have acquired. So I asked Raglazik to share the very tire, but I want to really give gratitude that many guys have come. Aaron Schmel is sitting and learning Yom of Alayla in Rav Center's yeshiva. And he, he definitely came there on, inspired and on fire, but has taken, he, he's become, he's made massive breakthroughs in Limanat Torah, tremendous success in his Limanat Torah and is sitting and learning at high levels. Reb Doivi Salomon today came from this space mesh, is today a Rebbe by our center's yeshiva. It's a Rebbe in the yeshiva, somebody who had tremendous hatzlach in Limanat Torah. He wrote a sefer, I have on my desk in my study, a sefer that Rabbi Dovi Solomon wrote, in, uh, sefer on Gemara, sefer on Ian. I'm trying to find the time to get my head organized to, to delve into his sefer. He wrote a sefer on Torah. So the success of the yeshiva, Rav Center's yeshiva, that many. I spoke a couple of weeks ago to Zevi Khan. He comes a fiery bentayr. He's a beautiful family. Here's a guy working hard who's holding, finishing mesechtas. 
finishing with as I rang. You talk about a guy in the world out there, but he's a ben to every part of him. Spent years learning by your centers. Yeshiva, I believe, was he in your shear? Was it? Was okay, he wasn't He wasn't there first year. He came second year. But Zevi Khan sat there for, I believe, three years. I believe it was three years. I remember his father, who's a chash of a rav, told me, like, maybe he should go on to the mirror. And I felt, no, another year. I remember his father saying, maybe it's time. He's a top guy there. I said, no, another year. And we have centers gained tremendously from the yeshiva. So there just been so many, so many. The names go on. I said a few names. We speak about the chas, and all of us look at David, a tremendous hatzlacha in the yeshiva, in Rev Center. I believe two years, David? A year and a half? More than two years. So count it as three, two plus. <laughs> so three years, David Unzrich Sandinan sat there for three years. The, just the amounts of guys, it's not a, but this is not, I hope guys, I'm not like here to give a pretend, I don't like pretend. This is not like flatteries. I hope you cap what that means. I'm talking about the magic of Rebbe. Guys in this space, Medrash, have gone on and said to Reich Lazer the magical word of Rebbe, and we know what that means. Be'ez Hashem, some of our friends will be zeichet to say Rebbe, and many guys have gone on to the yeshiva and shtayg. There's a tremendous appreciation. We owe a tremendous gratitude. It, in turn, of course, impacts back here. Just that Shlomi is here and impacting, Shlomo's here back impacting. But even the visits with guys who come through, that makes a big impact back here. So it's tremendous, tremendous gratitude to the yeshiva and appreciation to Rev Center's yeshiva. To us, it's a holy place. I want to close with one, with one last point. I say this about Rav Center, and I want to say it here because I think there's a great, great lesson that I want to share with the guys. I have said this story before. Please listen to this story. Somebody once went to Rav Volba, and they said their Rebbe is a tremendous, has tremendous Avasat Torah. They said, my Rosh Hashiva has amazing love of Torah. So Rav Volba asked this Talmud of his, what was the story? Revolver was curious. Tell me the story. So he said his Rosh Hashiva came into the base Medrash and the Chevra was steiging and he started dancing. His Rosh Hashiva was so full of happiness, he started dancing. That's a great story. That's nothing to mock that story. There are times now you walk into this base Medrash in the morning. I come in the morning. This morning I had a tough morning. I was dealing with a very difficult thing. And I came here, it was tough. I walked in, punk, the first thing I saw, I saw Rai Glazer's chev around. He was handling something with Megillah, with Purim. I was full of ur. I felt I could have danced. It felt very geschmack. You have a tough morning, you're dealing with some tough stuff. You came in here and I saw the chevra around Rabbi Glazer. That was the first thing I saw. And, they, and right away they were talking in Indian. I heard the Megillah being spoken. With the chaos and guys were like listening. It was a tremendous, it was, it was a tremendous uplift. It was a tremendous pickup, if you will. So this guy described to Revolva that his Rashiva walked in the base measure. People are learning. And don't be a cynic. The guy started dancing. He really felt good. And he told Revolba this amazing Mara, and I am certain Revolba was impressed. That's pretty, it's a good story. It's a true story. It's a neat story. Revolba just said to him, I love the story, but that's nothing to do with Ava Satira. It's a good story. He loves his Talmudim. It says a lot of good things. Revolba said I, it would be a story of Ava Satira if he walked into somebody else's yeshiva, and they were learning, and he started dancing. 
in his own yeshiva, it's validation, it's self-validation, it's a lot of good things. But I can't say it's a story of Ava Satyra. That's Rav Volba taught, very profound. Avrami wasn't being cynical. The dancing Rosh Hashiva is wonderful. But it's more speaks about an excitement for his own accomplishments, which is wonderful. It's a good thing. It's a great story. Somebody should be excited. He sees people learning in his base medrash. But he said, Daniel, the story of Abba Satyra, it's a very good teaching, Rav Olba said. He wasn't being cynical. The Rosh Hashiva dancing is a great story. Just don't say it as a story of Abba Satyra. You want a story of love of his Talmidim, of excitement to the success of his school. That's great. Abba Satyra is if he walked into another base mesh and people were learning and he started dancing. That's all Abba Satyra. They're learning. I'm happy for Tyre. That's your said. I want to say something about Rav Center's yeshiva that I've noticed for years and it blows me away. And I suspect a lot, that yeshiva is Siata Deshmaya. I named you the names. Look at Shlomo Deish, the Siata Deshmaya. Yo, Pearl, I, I met Maish Deish, the Chasset, I suspect a lot of the root of the Siata Deshmaya. I don't know, I'm not a Bucky in the place. This aspect would cause Siata Deshmaya. Mo, what I've seen for years is the yeshiva helping other yeshivas out. I've watched Rev Center, and it's the Ruach of the Yeshiva in a way that's outstanding. They're always doing for the other Yeshivas. All the Yeshivas know, whether it's to arrange a football league better for the B'nai Taira, we'll arrange it for you. Trips. We in Waterbury, we make a Shabbos every year in Eretz Yisrael. Do you know what it means to give? We're an energetic, we're a big bunch, we're not the neatest always. The, the, the Rev Center's Yeshiva gave us, the, they were on a trip, take the Yeshiva beds, the building, remarkable kindness, remarkable kindness. And I've seen this for years. Rev Center's always trying to help other yeshivas in many ways, organizing things for other yeshivas. There's a tremendous lesson to us all in idealism because the tendency is to be very, the tendency a lot of times in idealism is to be very marking your turf, my spot, my guy. I like chinuch, I call it chinuch without toes. There's no stepping on toes. My guy, your guy, our guy, is no, none of the stepping on toes type of chinuch. And Rev Center is somebody I've watched over the years help other yeshivas. That's a tremendous lesson. I went to the Mir Rosh Yeshiva and I told them my observation. I told Rev Glustin that I'm amazed by Rev Center. I told him what I saw. So he spoke to us in Eretz Yisrael and he spoke about a Messiah of Yeshiva helping other yeshivas. He said many amazing stories that that's the Messiah of Yeshivas. Tyr Vidas had a beautiful yeshiva. Rev. Aaron Cutler wanted to start a yeshiva in, a, in, a very, in this funny city. It was a little town that was meant as a vacation town. It's called Lakewood, New Jersey. It was a quaint vacation town. People would go, there was an old Jewish hotel there. People would vacation. Rev. Aaron was starting a yeshiva there. Came Rev. Shraga Feivelman, the lovers of Tyr Vidas, and he sent his best Talmidim to go learn by Rev. Aaron. To the point that the board of Tyr Vidas called in Rav Shraga Feivel to yell at him. What are you doing? You don't send your best guys. You're killing our yeshiva. Called him in to man him. And Rav Shraga Feivel, ever the idealist, said Rav Aaron's buying Tyra, we have to help him. Said Rav Aaron's building Tyra, he said we have to help him out. And he sent out of his own yeshiva top, top guys that Lakewood should be matzliach. 
And Reb Glustein said, when I told him what, what I saw from Reb Center, he said this Messiah of Yeshivas. And to me, that gratitude to yeshiva that helps other yeshivas, we would have been our yeshiva again this year and many times from this generous yeshiva, this yeshiva that thinks about other yeshivas. That's an incredible lesson to all yeshivas. To all yeshivas. Build the next, speak good about other yeshivas. We're all one. B'nai Torah. I like in Sulam, and this is the inspiration from Rev Center's yeshiva. Just now, today, on the way to yeshiva, somebody called this bachar and wants to go so badly. To me, well, we have only limited... There's no... It's all us. There's no us in them. It's all us's. It's all... Klai Yisrael's one big us. If we can help this Ben Tyre, he's one of us. And the fact... The fact... The, the rebellion of this lesson to Klai Yisrael's of Center's Yeshiva. The way I've seen this Yeshiva behave and the generosity and care for other Yeshivas to be Matzliach is a lesson to any idealist. And I say to everybody here, I want you all to build a lot. Make shuls in your community, do outreach, build. Always remember, don't be territorial. Try to, try to, you have a pride for your thing, that's wonderful. Dance when you are bachram, are steiging is wonderful. But always remember to be inclusive, no us and them. To your idealism, include, build in, bring in. So those are my two gratitudes to Rabbi Glazer Shlita, to Rev Center's Yeshiva, to the, to, to the Rebbeim here from Rev Center's Yeshiva. My two gratitudes are first and foremost are for the guys that have learned in the Yeshiva. From here, you've impacted our whole Yeshiva. Their steiging impacts their French steiging. That's the first thing. And the second gratitude, we've, been, we've benefited from this personally as a yeshiva. And then we've watched the lesson is inspiring as a yeshiva that helps other yeshivas. That's like Rev Center, I believe, brought that ruach to the yeshiva. A yeshiva that helps other yeshivas is a very moving phenomenon. To both of those things, I wanted to give a tremendous thank you to Ray Glazer. Before we hear, there's like the longest introduction on record, but the way always we, we do, in the yeshiva, the gratitude, I say words, Kalish is talking. The chevra cheered politely. If there was a harder cheer, I wouldn't have to do that, but it was too polite. I'm going to ask Shloim, a lot of times we pay with song. Shloim, do you have a guitar here, Shloim? This, but bring it, bring a song that would be payment. <laughs> Let's see if he finds one. Do we have a guitar? What's a bass magic without a guitar? What's happening? <laughs> 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 Keeps us young. <laughs> I say, the only, only look like you're gonna get this. The older you look at, you get really. Yeah, let's go. Match the gratitude I feel. Bring something. Bring something. Share something. That's a sick pen. Okay, so I think uh, I think it's Rebbe. And his song is called uh, Mom and Dad. And I think it's it's appreciated to my parents, but 
I think the real things, a lot of things comes to my Raymond centers because I think all my relationships with my family like got a lot better when I was there. Something I was struggling with a lot. So, okay. but as a, uh, yeah. I'm just so used to Like all the things we used to Take them for granted Like me and Tappy we have it So happy we got closer But that don't mean I opened up About how I felt Cause conflict is all I felt But I can't wait till I'm married With kids of my own To remember those times we did not get along And all those times I shut you out Ignored all your calls Can't wait for me to tell you It's harder than I thought Thank you, Mom and Dad For giving me everything I thought I never had That I've always had And I'm happy now I don't need my future kids to remind me how I feel Cause I know I love you, mom and dad Should we tune it? I think it's a little tune. Mm -hmm. Should we tune it? The guitar? Yeah. Cool. Just want to tune it. Wow. So I feel like I killed it. Guitar, so we'll be a little untuned, so we get to hear it twice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like it needs like a like a. I think it's one tune. I think it's the E string. No, I'm curious by hand. So there's a lot of musicians here. How many guys were like noticing the E minor was a little flat, like? <laughs> Uh, it sounded like it was. I the musicians all about that. He redid it. The non-musicians, like you have to be so perfect, Israel. You'll appreciate this. In the first year, the first, the second year of the Masifta, this thirty years ago. David, I told you the story ever. Bachem gave me Musaravi that was so on point. There was a guy in yeshiva who played an instrument and he was a little off. I could tell you as a non-musician, you were able to hear that he wasn't exactly on key. Whatever, but I don't want to give away the instrument, I don't want to... But the guy was a tzaddik of a guy who was slightly off. And we had a band in yeshiva that was brilliant musicians. And I was begging them, let him in the band, like, Rebbe, he's off. And I'm like, God, guys are being such a baby. I was like fighting them, Akim, that he should go in the band. I could not understand, what's the big deal? Let him in. They finally gave me the mushal, and I understood everything. Yisrael, they said to me, Kalish, you don't, music's not your thing. You don't know how to sing yourself. 
They said in basketball, Whoa. we told you make a six on six. No. Like, come on, let, let me a six on six. Six on, like what? That's not a, no. Five on five, like a big deal. That's the guy who said six on six. I understood. They were, this was their thing. So it's easy in your thing to, you know, when it's not your thing, it's like let him in the band. It became more clear, it wasn't so funny. When I let a six on six, then we'll let that guy in the band. <laughs> so that, Schleiman, bye. Or did you dirty? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet you didn't. Elio, Yisrael, you're masking? <laughs> really they spoke I, I my language. and We're really hitting him with that. Yes, you mask him? Take it away, Shlomo. Oh, I'm just so used to like All the things we used to take them for granted Like being happy we have it So happy we got closer that's so mean I opened up about how I felt Cause conflict is all I felt But I can't wait till I'm married with kids of my own To remember those times we did not get along And all those times I shut you out Ignored all your calls Can't wait for me to tell you It's harder than I thought Thank you, Mom and Dad, for giving me everything I thought I never had, that I've always had, and I'm happy now. I don't need my future kids to remind me how I feel, cause I know I love you, Mom and Dad. Both of you turned 50 I wrote you letters just to say that I love you Secrets part of me always knew So I put on some music So I can tear down these walls I had to the ground Afraid I'll run nothing down But I can't wait till I'm married with kids of my own to remember those times we did not get along And all those times I shut you out Ignored all your calls Can't wait for me to tell you It's harder than I thought Thank you, Mom and Dad For giving me everything I thought I never had That I've always had And I'm happy now I don't need my future kids to remind me how I feel Cause I know I love your mom and I Oh, mom and dad Oh, they're hugging kids, grab it when you can So, mom and dad Oh, the hug and kiss, grab it when you can But I can't wait till I'm married with kids of my own To remember those times we did not get along And all those times I shut you out, ignored all your calls Can't wait for me to tell you, it's harder than I thought Thank you, Mom and Dad 
For giving me everything I thought I never had That I've always said And I'm happy now That I don't need my future kids to remind me how I feel Cause I know I love your mom and dad Further ado, that was a decently long introduction to Big Lazy. <laughs> so that was a Musashmus. It, it, it was it's a mind-boggling Musashmus. So, I'm going to try to continue what we just heard from 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 Kalish, from Shlomo. Wow! Wow! Just a, a short thought, maybe. It says, start last week's parsha, parsha's truma. It says, "V'yichu li truma." Meis kol ish hashay yedveni liboy. You have to give a present to build the mishkan. And the pasuk uses the word "li." And Rashi says, "What does it mean, li? You can take it from me." Hashem's talking, "Lishmi, take it from my name." Now. There's not really too much other option over here that we need this Rashi to explain. Li is for me. Hashem is talking. You have to say it's for Hashem's name. It's for Hashem. What he thought of was for someone else's name. And really, and you know, you're thinking something else and really saying one thing, of course. So there's oh, really so much to think over here. But there's a medrash that says that when you give truma, it's like you're taking me. You're taking Hashem. Like you're getting Hashem inside of you. By do, when, you do a, when you do good, then Hashem comes in. And it just becomes part of you. And I was always bothered with the question I saw Chassam Seifer asked, I saw Moshe Feinstein asked, and probably in almost all the, the Svarim on the, on the Chumash, you'll see a very similar question. And the question is, how is it possible for us mundane, plain people, as great as we are, as hard as we try, how could we build a mishkan, a place of dwelling for Hashem? We're, peop- we're, we're plain, and Hashem is spiritual. Could a, a plain, we, we can't, there's no way that you could build a place for Hashem to be. Is that something that we can imagine? A build a place for Hashem to be. It's not, it's not possible. Okay, so there's all kinds of things. We, we, we give Zav, Tcheles, Nechayoshes. Give all kinds, all kinds of different mundane things. I give my extra gold. So that's going to build Hashem a place to be. How do we build places for Hashem to be? It's, it doesn't make any sense. So the, the answer that I would like I would like to say over here, because I think it's just, a, it's, it's so beautiful, it's so, it's so beautiful to watch the growth and the fighting 
that people, people are doing within themselves in order to get further and further. It's so hard, it's so hard to get, to, to, make, to make the moves that, that, that we make. And, uh, and, you know, some people think they come here and they're never going to change. And, you know, there, there was, we're gonna have, we have to start reinstituting it. I think COVID has, is the excuse everyone gives for everything. I used to come every year and I would love to continue doing that, but I think I haven't been here. I think this, this is, there was a three-year gap. But when you come, when you come here one year and then you see people the next year, it's like, it's like I'm blown away. I, I could just, I, I can't imagine. And because there's so much growth and there's so much change and it's so much work and it's so hard to get what you need to get. And, and how does that happen? How does it work? To me, it's similar to like building a mishkan, to making changes, changing, bringing Hashem in your life, making a place for Hashem. It's impossible for us to do. And sometimes we feel it's impossible for us to change. We feel like, you know, we're stuck in the place that we're in and we don't have the ability to get to the next, to the next level. And, and then I could come back a year later and I could see, whoa, that's, I don't believe it. But the answer is very, Caleb did believe it. And, 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 and someone above did believe it. And that's how you got there. How does it work? So I had, so I'm just, I'm going to try to make it short. It's another thought I had in the parsha. It's really, I have two small, really small varts from the same word, the first word of the, of the Pasuk in the parsha from Ramosha Feinstein. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. I think that is, a, is, is such, a, such a super message and so strong and so continuing everything that, that we know and that we see and that we heard. The public says, V'yikhu li truma. And he says that the word V'yikhu sounds like you're giving it because it's like you're forced into giving it. You have to give. No, no one has to give. A present is called a present. If someone has to give it, it's not a present. Imagine coming home to your wife and saying, okay, I have to buy you flowers here, take it. It, 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 You know, it doesn't matter how much you spend, it's not worth a penny. Because you don't want to do it. What kind of present is it by being forced? And then Moshe asks even much stronger. That the pastor continues, because he's doing it because he wants to do it. So you're forcing someone to do something that he wants to do? Does that make any sense? It, 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 it can't be. It makes no sense, and it doesn't work. So, so um, I'm going to explain the answer the way I, um, the way I understand it, in my, own, in my own feeling, and the way, the way I feel like is, uh, is understandable, at least to me. That there are certain, there are certain levels that it's very, very hard for us to reach. I, I, I want to be Yedvena Libor. I want to be the best guy in the world. I want to be the nicest guy in the world. I want to I just give to Hashem. I want to I I I be a giver in all types of ways. I want to I I give to myself. I want to give to my growth. But I can't. I can't do it. I can't want to do it. Sometimes there has to be a, a certain part of forcing. You have to be able to... You have to be able to veyikhu. You have to be able to force yourself to want. Sometimes you push yourself into a place where you know what's right. You give a little push, push yourself. Just like you can imagine 
you can imagine someone else giving you a little push. Maybe your Rebbe sometimes giving you a little kosher, healthy push. Maybe a friend of yours, those are usually the best. Come on, you can do it. And just do it. And then, and then, and then, then you got it and you made it. And you reached a higher level and you feel libo. You feel mamish good about it. And that's how to secure, secure your, your growth. By giving, that, giving yourself that healthy, strong push to make yourself really love what you're doing. So says Rabbi Maisha that, that the only way you're going to get to the level of really wanting, which is really too hard for us to hit, I mean, playing people like us that, 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 that have so much, so much um, gashmias and so much, so, much, so much weak parts of us, and we saw so much, we heard so much, we do so much, it's not good. So we deserve to have enjoyment in doing a mitzvah, in learning Hashem's Torah, but sometimes we need to give ourselves a little push. And you give yourself a push to do what you know is right. You have to push yourself to want. And when you push yourself to want, then you just feel it. And you love it. And that's the way to get it. And that's the way to actually... Hashem helps us. And Hashem comes inside of us. Hashem comes inside the thing we build, the Mishkan that we build. Because we pushed ourselves, or we made ourselves into a place where we knew where we knew we could be, and we knew we want to be. And I want to take it one step. Ramayisha says one more thing. It says ve'yichu, and people should take the the truma. Why do I have to people have to take the tzedakah that I'm giving? Someone should take it for me. What I'm not good enough to give it myself. Why couldn't it said ve'yitnu means and. They should give. Why does it have to say that someone's going to take it? Why can't we just give it on our own? And the answer is, says Ramayushua, this is, to me, it's a big chiddush, it's even a higher level of this thing, is that it's very hard for us to give. We really want to give. We want to be Yedvenalibo. But to be a real Yedvenalibo, we're not ready for it. We're not ready to be on the levels that we are today. A month ago, we weren't on, the le- on, the, on that level. And I want to tell you a secret. You're not ready yet to be on the level you're going to be in a month or in five months. You're not there yet. And you have to give yourself a little push. And then, and then, and then you're going to get there. So it says with Maishra, if it would just says V'yitnu, I'm not really ready. We have to feel that, no, everything is Hashem's. Everything is for Hashem. I'm going to do what He wants. He's going to help us out. He's going to help us get to Yidvan Olivo. I can't do it on my own. He's going to help. The Chazal say, Sosasharam brings and talks about it so much, that every fight that we have, if you think, if you think that you could do it on your own, you can't. You can't. You can't win the fight. There's no way. You need Hashem to help you. And it's such a big chizuk, you know, I, it's chizuk for me. It's chizuk for all the people I get to speak to. My, 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 my closer friends, Talmidim. And, you know, people say, but really, I can't. I, I can't do it. I say, of course not. The Sister Shem says you can't. Hashem has to help you. You can't do it. You're not going to win the fight on your own. Of course not. You have to try. You have to give yourself a push. Make, take that jump. Yeah, I could. I could do it. Why? Not because I could do it myself. Because someone's going to take me there. Someone's going to bring me to the highest level. And I think that's such a, it's such a big chizuk, and it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a great jump that 
we could jump and we could be held up like this. And then we think we're here. We think you're holding here already. And then you jump again. Hashem holds you up to the next stage. And, and I think that's, I think that's Yedven Olibo. I think that's the, the lead that we have. Lishmi, the, the name of Hashem is just in us. And it's keeping us higher. And we have the ability to build something for Hashem. And to, and to live the life of Hashem. That's the thought I wanted to share. Have a great day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Very good. I, I asked Rev. Glazer to continue the interviews. I, I want them to beat the snow. There is snow forecasted, so Yank can get to it this way. I spoke, I spoke about walking into the base Medjish this morning and seeing, seeing Rabbi Glazer learn with his chevra. I saw a sight right when I came in. I saw Chaim Rosenberg learning with Mendy. I think he was learning with Mendy. Is that true? I'm being honest that, that it, was a bi- it was a big pickup. Watching, watching Chaim and a person who's all of us, his friends know, and tremendously intelligent, watching with sincerity and sweetness, learning Torah with Ramendi Katz. That was like a gorgeous, gorgeous scene. Yeah, in general, his own Aliyah. You look around the room, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of Aliyah. You can go guy by guy by guy. We could talk about Daniel Shalom. We can go around through Maymay, Ophir. Tremendous, tremendous chizuk. So thank you, Chaim. Appreciate it a lot. I want to share Avi. If I could ask, I want to share something. I want to share an idea. Part of this idea I have shared before, but I, I'd like to take it in a different way. If everybody could put away phones, you're going to want to write it to your whole chat, mm-hmm. but I want, you to, I want you to hear it first. It's always dangerous. It's a big shot. I once spoke to a Talmud Revolva about this. Do you write during a lecture while you're hearing? I'm very into writing later. Don't write while you're hearing it, because I like absorb, absorb, write it later, absorb. Some people don't knock, and you might do it differently. Some people write during, find it easier to concentrate. Typically, I like writing after and absorb. Take it in, soak it up. So, Avi, I want to share something with you. You've heard from me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it new, Avi, as if you could hear this well, open up your heart like this. Whenever you learn, Jonas, listen well to this. Doobie, listen well. Should we like this? Whenever you learn Tyra, bring your story to the table. And I'll explain what I mean. Certain things hit me because of who I am and because of my own quirkiness. Certain things will hit you when you learn Learn to focus, Lavi. Learn to focus on what hits you. If something resonates by you, Yassi, that's very important if something resonates by you. You might be, there are all different reasons why something can resonate. I'm going to explain for a minute, Avi. In this yeshiva, we, in, in a shear, in a shear, I have one rule in shear. A guy could throw spitballs in shear, a guy could smoke, a guy could blow smoke here, whatever you want. 
don't you dare wear a coat. I don't care if you're a shashiva, a rebbitzin, whatever you are, you're not wearing a coat during Shia. The reason for the rule, the reason for the rule is, listen, what, listen to the reason, listen to the word, everything's going to connect today. Please hear this well. Why do I get so upset? Because firstly, because I'm weird. And I get upset, a guy wears a coat, we all have our quirks, you have yours, I have mine, I am weird. And a coat bothers me. Get your coat off during shear. Now, what is this? What, like, what's my problem? We could talk a lot of problems, but I want to discuss this problem. I want a guy to present himself when he learns. I don't want a guy hiding. I don't want a guy like being a good boy. And look, I, don't learn like that. I'd rather, I want to tell you a little, maybe I'm sharing my own traumas. I sat this distance away from one of the G'dayli Adar, one of the greats of the generation, Reb Chaim Brim. I, am, I, I was less affected because I had an unhealthy fear of big people. I did not express myself to him. You lose out because you would be friends with somebody who was a lot bigger if I was more open to Reb Chaim Brim. I was wearing my own proverbial coat. I was very afraid in front of a big person. I didn't express myself. I should have told him I'm a big Met fan. I regret I didn't tell him I follow the Mets. I regret I didn't say just about my own worries and struggles. I regret today that I wasn't more open. I would be a lot bigger. Um, there's work to be done today. And the regret helps also when you mischaret. Certain type of regrets, you mischaret, you grow from that. It's a learning experience. I'm glad it happened. The reality is I don't want a guy wearing a coat in yeshiva. I want a guy presenting himself. Take off your coat and present yourself. Don't hide. I don't want a guy, I don't want a guy, the picture, I can't handle. When you play in the gym, if you ever play in the gym basketball and a guy plays with headphones, I, start, I, don't, I don't play with a guy doing that. Not in my game. If I'm playing, I'm shooting around with the guy, don't you dare. Because it's social, you're shooting around with me. You know, you have one guy say he's on his own music. You're wearing a coat, buddy. You're basically saying, you're, you talk about stiff arms, you're saying, get out, it's my, you just built yourself your own gym. Excuse me, we're, we're shooting together in this gym. Take out, your, take out your thing and shoot with me, we're shooting together. We'll schmooze, we won't schmooze, we're together, you and I, you and I. Don't, don't push away, connect, bond with others. It's a very, very social media day. We've never been more distant, probably. It's like classic social media that you use social media to keep away from another guy. I spoke of centers, yeshiva, one of the great parts of that yeshiva is there's no smartphones. It's probably worth it to go there just for that amongst all the other games. Put away your social media and ban, be social. You're shooting around, take the music out and talk to the guy next to you. Hi, good shooter, you nice shot, bad shot. Let's go get his rebound. Talk, interact, don't hold up. So a coat to me represents people hiding, people protecting, people. Take off your coat, present yourself. Hi, what's going on? Yo, what's up? I'd much rather, if I had two choices, a guy standing on the table being rowdy during sheer, blowing smoke from the biggest smoke blow you ever saw right in our faces, I'd much rather that than he's wearing a coat. Just be you. Just be you. Come. I remember Rabbi, I remember Rabbi, um, Russ trying to convince a guy in a shear to come to shear. The guy was trained by so many to not be part of shear. Shah, quiet, all different types of things. 
even in shul, I don't like no decorum in shul, but I'd rather talking in shul than coats in shul. The Shah campaign, a guy comes to shul, just like stiff and leaves, that's a code in the shul. I'd rather talking in shul than that. I don't want talking in shul, but I don't want that either, worse. I want you in shul. You, you know the funny, cool, good-looking guy? You, in shul, geschmack. Come, present yourself, and then talk to Hashem. Bring you. You don't have to come, like, hiding, protected, under coats. So that's, I don't like coats in shul, in, in, in shir. So here's the guy, listen to this vert, but the vert is going to be, like, in a different way than I ever told you before, Avi. Listen well. So I'm a guy who doesn't like coats in shir. Present yourself. In the Yiddish we say, get comfortable. Get comfortable. Throw a spitball, crack a joke, get comfortable. Let's go get comfortable. Savi, listen to this, get comfortable. So all of a sudden I'm learning the Torah and I learned Parshish Truma this past Shabbos, Simcha. God is talking to Dan Kalish. And you have the holiest place on earth, the Beis HaMikdash. And in the holiest place is the holiest room. The Kaidash Akdashim, the Holy of Holies. It's the holiest place in the holiest place in, in the world. The Kaidash Akdashim in the Beis HaMikdash. In the Kaidash Akdashim in the Beis HaMikdash, there is what's called an Arain. The Arain. The Arain was only in the first Beis HaMikdash. In the second Beis HaMikdash, we didn't have it, it was hidden. The Arun was buried and lost. But in the first base, Hamikdash, we had the Arun. It is buried somewhere. My Rebbe once, there's a, there's a, you can look this up. There's a British guy in the early 1900s who was a guy, Wilson, his name was. And he was searching. He was, what's it called, his, what he did? I love you. I love you, archaeologist. He, that's what you said, Akiva? He was an archaeologist, good Michel, an archaeologist. And he, he was searching for the Urin. If anybody ever has seen, don't admit you've seen it, just say your friend told you Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's based on this guy. He was searching amongst other people. They're all looking for the Urin. My Rebbe says that he knows where it is. Maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but he gave me something, told me, if you read this, Daniel, you'll know where the Urin is. I don't know where the Aaron is, but he says he knows but it's good. So the bottom line is, <laughs> the bottom line is, is that the Aaron was in the first base of it doesn't exist in the second base of English. In the Aaron, the Aaron, this Aaron that was in the first base of Megdash, there were, there were taboys, there, were, there are rings in the Aaron. It's a them where the rings exactly are. But there are taboys, there are rings in the Aaron. And in those rings go poles. I'm a Levi. And us Levim in the, in the Midbar for 40 years, we carried the Arain. We carried that Arain. Had we carried Arain with those poles, the poles went in the rings. We lifted up the Arain and we carried it. Did we have to be very strong, us Levim? Why not? The Aaron's heavy. Because the Aaron carried them. It was nice of. You look like you're all strong and muscular, and it really carried you. It carried you. It was nice of. It carried those that carried it. So us Levim, we didn't have to be Avi Weiner or Ben Sinuman or Yair Kohn, these muscular, chiseled fellas. We picked up, we lifted up the poles, and we picked up the Aaron. Comes Hashem 
and one of the most unknown are in Lavin in the Torah. Everybody knows the Lavtit Chazer. Everybody knows there are many Isurim in the Torah. There's a lav in the Torah to ever take out the poles out of the Aaron. The lav is, these are the words, In the rings of the Aaron should stay the poles. In Isra Daraisa to ever take out the poles. And Yair, the question begs itself, and this is where Kalish, when I learn, I'm a guy who says, take off your coat, make yourself at home. This halacha annoys me. It makes emotions by me. The best questions in learning are when you get mad. What would Kalish, the first thing he would do if he saw the urn sitting down and the poles were in them? What would I do? I would rip out the poles. I'd take off the coat. Make yourself at home. What are you doing? The Aurain is here now. You're here now. Take off your poles. Take off. When I see a guy in a coat, what am I really saying to him? Take off your poles, buddy. You're here now. What are you wearing your poles for? Make yourself at home. You're here now. We moved. We 42 times in the desert. But there were periods for two, three years we were in one space, we didn't move. Yet if somebody like was Kalish-like and would take out the poles as equivalent to eating chazer, it's an iser daraisa avrami to take out the poles. Are you bothered by that? That makes me mad. I'm the first guy who would rip out the poles. We're here now. Let's take off the poles, put them to the side, and we'll put them back when we're ready to move. The poles were for me, Avi. It was meant for us, Levim, to carry the Aaron. The Aaron is staying here now for two, three years, Ezi. So what's the first thing we should do? Take out the poles. Machsachemish. Relax. You're here now. Yet as an Isser Daraisa, B'tabois Aaron Yiyu Abadim. In the poles, in the rings of the Aaron shall remain the poles. La Yasurim Imenu. An Isser Daraisa to take out the poles. What is going on, Aaron? Valid question. Now when you learn, bring your story to the table. See, if you don't learn personally, you just, you just like things pass you by. If you have your own style, a guy like me who doesn't like coats on and share, you're supposed to learn with who you are. I come to this law, leave the poles in, don't touch my Take your coat off. Take the poles off. What's going on? What's going on? You hear, you, hear, you hear what I'm saying? And when you learn, you're supposed to learn like that. Bring your story. Things will intrigue you because for all different reasons in your life, bring your story. So do you understand why my story makes me upset by this Pasuk? Yeah? Do you know that that's exactly what I think the lesson of the Pasuk is? Avi, I want you to hear this. You hear first what I'm telling you to bring your story to Tyra? Whoever you are, whatever your experience is, Hashem is talking to your experience, Mamie. Bring your story to learning. Something will intrigue you. Something will grip you because you're being present to your learning. Present yourself to Tyra which is exactly what I'm saying, taking off your coat is, present yourself to Tyra, which is exactly why this Pasuk bothers me. 
And you want to hear the answer why it says to leave the... Does it bother you why it says leave the poles in? Well, it bothers me, Aaron. You know what I think the answer why... Why God say leave the poles in? The lesson is, is the Aaron represents Tyra. The Tyra was housed by the Aaron. There was either Machlaikas Rishainim, Sefer Tyra in the Aaron or next to the Aaron. There were the Luchais in the Aaron. It represents Tyra. And the message of Tyra is always carry with you. It's never relegated to the base medrash. It has poles. The very lesson is bring it with. It goes on your journey. You never see the Tyra relegated to one place. Bring your Tyra into your story. Bring your story into the Tyra. The very lesson why this question bothers me is exactly what the Tyra is telling you. Kalish has a guy who doesn't like coats and shear, is very, very bothered by take off the poles off the urn. Machzachemish, what are you doing? And you know the lesson of the poles are? Is Kalish, you should be bothered by that, Kasha. Bring your story to Tyra. The Tyra has poles that comes with you on your journey. It's never relegated to one place. It's talking to the entirety of your journeys. That's the urn with poles on it. The Aaron with poles is the Torah is always carried with. It always accompanies. Where you go, it goes. Your experiences come along, the Torah comes along. Bring your experiences to Torah and bring Torah to your experiences. It's speaking to every aspect. That's what I believe the message of the poles and the Aaron is saying. The very poles and the Aaron are saying, bring your experiences to Torah. Johnny, you hear what's happening? It's the exact message of take off your coat. The poles and the urn are saying, bring your experience, present yourself to Tyra. Carry it with, bring it along on your journey. What you go through, the t- uniquely what you go through, you'll find uniquely in the Tyra. Bring your journey to the Tyra and bring Tyra to your journey. That's the poles and the urn that the Tyra always wants to be carried. Allow me to share with you a story. You talk about bringing the Tyra into your journey and allowing the Tyra to talk to you. Rabbi Yerucham Levavitz, the great Mashkiach of the Mir in, in, in Europe. So he had been a Mashkiach for many decades and he decided in Sanal to retire. He decided he was going to retire. He wanted, he had given, given over Tyra for many decades and he decided he was going to retire. And he was going to go to Kelm to spend the rest of his life learning in Kailul and Kelm. And he decided before he does that, he should do a Geirul Akra. It's a way of opening the Torah and seeing what Hashem would tell him. Should he, he had this question, this dilemma. Should I stay in the mirror and keep teaching Torah? Or should I retire and learn at a higher level myself? Yeah, the Shaila maybe. Have Yerucham Levavitz had the Shaila? So he did a Geirul Akra. You ever heard of the Geirul Akra? He's going to open the Torah in this unique method and whatever the Torah tells him he's going to do. You know what Pasa came out? In the rings of the Aaron should be the poles. Don't ever take them out. Rabbi Yerucham heard the words that if you're carrying something, you have no right to take out the poles. The poles are carrying the Aaron. Stay carrying what you were carrying. And Rabbi Yerucham saw that as a thing, that he's running the mirror yeshiva, don't take out the pulse. You're carrying the urn, keep carrying it, don't let it go. He, from that moment on, 
stayed in the mirror till his death, he stopped vacationing him, and he felt like such a message of Hashem, you're carrying something, keep carrying it. And he retired, he stayed the rest of his career, he stayed teaching in the mirror yeshiva, being a mashkiach, because this pasuk, that in the rings of the orange remain the poles. But I wanted to say, amazing story, I wanted to say, to me, the very lesson of the poles in the Aaron is bring the Torah to your own personal story. And Rabbi Yerucham took this Pasuk and interpreted his own unique story using this Pasuk, which according to me is the very message of the Pasuk. The very message of the Pasuk, which says the Aaron has poles, means Torah accompanies you. In your travels, it guides you. The Torah guides us in our travels. It has what to say about the journey of our life. Bring the Torah to your journey and bring your journey to the Torah. That's what the Aaron with Paul says, David. It says that pay attention. When you learn, in a certain way, don't forget your story, bring your story. In a certain way, when you learn, bring who you are, what will interest you at different kufas in our lives, chasen. At different periods of our life, different psukim, different chazal will notice, bring your story to Tyre and bring Tyre to your story. Keep in mind the Aaron has poles. It's meant to come along. It's meant to be part of the journey. It interacts with your journey and your journey with it. So I love that Rabbi Yerucham took a pasuk like this and it spoke to his own journey. The poles stay in the urn. You're carrying something, stay carrying something. I wanted to share something with the guys on this pasuk, right? They're bringing it into our journeys. And I wanted to say this to everybody here. Please listen well and we're going to close with this. Jonas, I want you to hear this. This is important to me. And we're going to close with this. The, some of the biggest challenges of life, Avi, we have challenges where we have to choose between good and bad. Those are hard challenges. Should I go to the rave or night seder? So that's a challenge, a deep challenge. A big challenge. So, the guy's asking what a rave is. Stay later, I'll tell you. So, but a, guy, a guy has a big challenge. A guy has a big challenge, this or that. And those are some of the big challenges of our life. But there's another sug of challenges that you have a very good thing to do, but you have something better. The choice of good and good is a big challenge of life. I was, a couple of summers ago, there was a Shabbos in Blue Ridge. There were going to be 11 or 12 men in shul. It's the summer. A lot of people are away. And that Shabbos particularly, tons of people were away. So I had one sad to be in the Blue Ridge Shul, my shul. And then somebody wanted me to come to make like a mega party somewhere. It would be a chizuk and so big and great and to go somewhere that would be like, wow. And you have choices. Sometimes you'll see in your life, one night you can go to somebody's wedding, but you have a wife. Your daughter needs homework and some chesed you could do. You have decisions, big time decisions between two things that are very, very good. And I want to say a rule. I want to say a rule that always remember that the poles stay in the urn. Don't take them out of the urn. Always ask yourself, what am I supposed to be carrying? 
How many people put down what they're supposed to be carrying to pick up something that they're not... How many people neglect their children to do such a kindness but you're supposed to be there for your kids? The poles must remain in the urn. Carry what you're supposed to be carrying. How many people take the poles out of the urn and lose focus on what they're supposed to be carrying and pick up so many other things but in lieu of what they're really supposed to be carrying? The, the words I'd like to say, I'll tell you something funny. I have this fancy new car and I haven't figured out all its features. And it has a feature I don't know how to turn off. Where if Johnny comes in the car, he turns it off. I'm going to openly admit, drive safely, Hebra. I'm very into not speeding, driving like a mensch. Car safety is very, very big. It is wrong. It's an Avera to drive crazy because you have to value your life. I don't want to, I'm in control. That's childish. It's dangerous to, to speed, drive like a mensch. I want to say that when I'm alone on a highway, I do not maintain, I do not maintain, I do not have a very good lane maintenance. Lane integrity. Now, it's very, I'm not trying to make sheets. If there's any car around, I'm in my lane, safe and healthy. When there are no cars around, I like driving in the middle of the highway. I don't know if it's just me. There are no cars. I'm not doing anything dangerous. But I'm just into being in the middle. I don't know. Maybe it's the Gemara says, always be the Derech HaMemutza, the middle of the road. I go the middle. That's, so my kids make fun. I don't have a lot of lane integrity. That's just the way I am. I happen to have been driving with Rai Russ. I, there was nobody. I was pulled over by a cop. He gave me a ticket for my lack of lane integrity. True story. He didn't hold my sheet. I tried to argue with the Gemara, whatever. So, but nobody was around. And I do not have... Now, it's funny. There's a, there's a buzz on my new van that buzzes. That buzz makes me nuts to the point that I borrowed Naftali Fagan's car. And my car just buzzes. And every once in a while, it asks you politely, do you need to get some sleep? Now, I was borrowing Naftali Fagan's car... I, I was, I'm maybe like an overly sensitive guy. His car said to me, first it said, maybe you want to rest. Showed a cup of coffee and said, maybe get a break. That's very insulting when your car I just, because I'm not into lane integrity, okay? Like, it was like, I just was driving in the middle, but somehow, I guess his car buzzed also. And the car said, maybe take a break. And then after 15 minutes, I kid you not, it get, it, there were no curse words. It was like, break now! Like, it like was very aggressive. The note, my car doesn't have that feature, thank God. But it got very aggressive about, like, you need one now. Like, it was no longer maybe a break. The language, I kid you not, Naftali Fagan's car, it got aggressive. There could be that we even curse words. But it got like, not maybe that was mine. But it got like, it got, it got very stark. It got very stark. Now, all that, you're not allowed to drive tired. That wouldn't be funny at all. Pekuach Nevesh. I don't believe in driving tired. If you're tired, you go to sleep somewhere. You don't drive tired. Chas v'shalom. Each person, many, many deaths. Rachman al people fall asleep at the wheel. No driving tired. Chas v'shalom. 
this thing was telling me this, I simply am not very into lane integrity. I admit it. I, you, there has to be something you can punch into the car. This driver doesn't hold the lane. When there are no cars around, he drives between the two lanes. I admit it. I do it. This shear is taped. If somebody wants to mail me a ticket, I just, when nobody's around, I'm not so, I'm into, I think the safest is drive the middle of the road. That's what I do. Anybody who's driven with me knows this propensity. Now, the bottom line is, is the car buzzes when you don't have lane integrity. Zzz, and I don't know how to turn it off. So there's a lot of zzz in my car late at night. When I'm with Johnny, thank, I think he's the one, some of the chevron knows how to turn it off. I ask him to turn it off. Inevitably, it comes back on. I don't know if another bacher borrows and is playing games with me, but I should. The bottom line is, if you ever borrow my car, please turn off the lane integrity. Zzz. But now, all that in driving, we could have shitas. You and I could debate. How, you know, this lane integrity shy when there are no cars around. Obviously, if there are any cars and you're near any car in any distance, get in your lane and stay in your lane. But I do like the lesson of that buzz. And I hear my car saying, Kalish, stay in your lane. And the etzem message of stay in your lane is very, very chashev. You're carrying something, keep carrying what you're carrying. And how many people don't stay in their lane? How many people neglect the wife, neglect children, neglect their jobs because of all these beautiful things to do, but you're not carrying what you're supposed to be carrying? And it's a very good lesson in life, stay in your lane. Lane integrity in life, I'm the first one. And if you ever not have lane integrity, your best friend should buzz you. If you're not keeping lane integrity, if you're forgetting your son because you're doing so much nice Kirov and you're neglecting your son, you should have an automatic good friend who just passes by. Johnny should pass by and go, like that exact sound, that annoying sound my car makes. You're not keeping lane integrity. That message that if you're carrying something, carry what you're supposed to be carrying. Don't take out the pulse. You have a responsibility for this. Stay focused, my friend. Lane integrity. Carry what you're supposed to be. We have two chasanim here. We have two precious chasanim. A chasan, it's worth it. All that they, they learned here. We, we would net it tremendously. David Schiller learns in a base medrash. The whole thing has, has an alis from the biggest, from the most special ballet midas we've ever had in the history of the yeshiva. Midas, tremendous, tremendous midas taivas. A commitment to limanat, a remarkable person. Akiva's here, the energy, the brilliance, the warmth. The connection that Akiva has brought in the period of that he's a chasnan has lifted up a whole yeshiva with his love and warmth. Th- these are guys, any single person meets them, says, I want to be a ben And I want to say to both that you're both headed towards yachasnas. Remember lane integrity, your first responsibilities to your wife. Always, re- don't ever forget that. And you'll have many nice things to do. Many things will like draw your attention and you'll be tempted to pull out the poles many times to go here and go there. And I don't say not to do other idealism, but don't let go of that one. The poles of the are and stay in there and take care of your family. And how many people take out the poles and get distracted and carry all different things and that which is their icker responsibility they neglect. Don't be one of those. From the place, of course, the person who's a good spouse from that place can carry the world, can do a lot. Together with his mishpacha, that he's focused, he's not letting go of that which he's not supposed to let go. And the message, the poles stay in the aron, and we're supposed to always remember, leave the poles in. You have responsibility to carry something, don't put it down. 
So I, I say these responsibilities to remember these things. In your own lives, you'll see how many times you're carrying one thing and you'll get like all these temptations and callings to carry something else. Carry what you're supposed to be carrying. Carrying what you're supposed to be carrying. Very, very important. Carry what you're supposed to be carrying. So I wanted to share that shot in the Pasuk. So we now have two pshatim in the Pasuk, but it's the same Yisaid that the Pasuk speaks to all the aspects of our life. And the fact that there are poles in the Arain says that bring it on your travels means that the Torah speaks to the journey of life. Bring all the questions of your life to the Torah and bring the Torah to all the questions of your life. Bring your journey to the Torah and the Torah to your journey. That's what it means, Avi, the poles stay in the Arain. So when you're learning, you'll see the Torah will speak very specifically, Shlomo, to you. It will speak about your journey and to your journey. So I wanted to share this gorgeous pshat in the Pasuk and Parshish Truma. We do have to get, we have to focus on Inyane Purim. We have to get there. I'm going to ask, this is for anybody to prepare, the chevr, the older chevr, prepare a shtickle on Purim and offer to say, tell me tomorrow, the next day, the next day. We have to start preparing shtark. We have to start preparing shtark. The Chag is coming a week from tonight. A week from tonight, the Chag is coming already. So we have to start preparing, amping up the preparations. I want to... I want to talk about, I want to start really focusing on the Chag. The hour is late. We have to have a Mincha in Second Seder. I don't want to delay the Limerat Torah. So let's get to Second Seder. Belina the tomorrow. The Chavr is invited tomorrow. We're going to start very stark talking about the Chag of Purim. Yashukar Kabbalah. Aaron.